Welcome to episode number seven of the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, where we help you find ideas you might not be thinking about. Today, we're talking about the big T, TikTok. TikTok has most engagement of all social platforms, but poses a privacy risk, at least in the US, and disappointed in its Q3 earnings, even lowering its Q4 forecast. The big question is, where is the platform headed? And Eli and I are going to debate that. So Kevin, and we're we're wrapping up the year here. You're uh, you ended the year as a consultant. So you started the year as an employee, and I've been asking you to be a consultant forever. And you finally complied with my wishes on on how you should run your life. <laughs> how's it going? Like how's being a full time consultant and like you know earning earning your own keep working? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great suggestion from you, uh, and and also to be fair, a couple of other people also told me that I should I should go independent, and and it's great, it's great, I love it. There are many things I love about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two or three. So number one, there's this concept of a zone of genius, right? And and this concept to keep it super short, Google Google this stuff. We're gonna put something in the show notes, but the basic idea of the zone of genius is that everybody is world-class at something. Some people are world-class connectors. They connect other people. Others love data crunching or they're really good at, you know, um, telling stories, right? So everybody has has something that they're really, really good at. And I think being on your, on your own, uh, one of the upsides is that you can spend so much more time in your zone of genius as opposed to an in-house role where you have to take on, where you have to do many things, some of which you're maybe not good at. And there are many upsides to working in-house as well. Not, I don't want to paint it in a way that, you know, being being a consultant is the best and in-house is the worst, but that's something I've learned to appreciate. And then number two is just, you know, being a bit more flexible with my work hours. Um, I love to work. I feel blessed that, I'm, that I can do something and make money with something that I, that I truly love and that I'm truly interested in and passionate about. But I also developed this, like, maybe a little bit unhealthy relationship and addiction to work. Uh, and I, I find that being a consultant is a great way to find a healthy relationship with work again and, you know, work, work in a sustainable way, in a sustainable manner. Already have a bunch of, of great clients I'm super grateful for, you know, I'm working with uh, Snapchat, Riverside, Finder, a bunch of others. And, and, and you get, you get, you know, you, you work with really cool people and you work with really cool companies and you'll learn a ton. So I'm going, I'm going to pause here. I know you've been on your own for a long time, Eli. So tell me what I forgot. Consulting is not for everyone. I, I say like having done this now almost four years and knowing tons of consultants and knowing tons of consultants that like did this and went back to full-time jobs. Some people don't want to run their own schedule. They say they want to, but when it comes time for it, they don't want to run their own schedule. So there's, there's two things that I, I think make successful consultants. And you know, now that I think about this, we got to do a full episode on this. We got to do at least one episode, probably more. But two things I think make successful consultants. Number one is you've got to be able to know how to manage your own time in the most efficient way possible. And I know like when my first day being a consultant, when I, it's crazy, I could quit my job and I walked out and the next day I was unemployed on my own. And like, that was scary, but I knew what to do that first Monday. I knew like what I had to do, wake up and do. And I'd say some people don't know how to do that and they sort of get lost and they just do a lot of details. You have to be able to know how to like really build your business and some people are natural at it. Some people are not. Some people need to be trained at it and they can be good at it. So that's one. And the second thing that I think is so important that makes a good consultant is sales. You're selling yourself. And if you can't sell yourself, you can't be successful. 
there are consultants that are not good at sales and they get lucky for a little bit of time. You know, they quit their job and the right contact comes to them and says, can you work for me? I have a project I need you to do. And they get that client, but then they don't know how to get that other client because they're not focused on sales. And sales means building that platform, building the pitch, figuring out the offering, figuring out how to retain clients, all those things. I think that is the most crucial thing. And as I look at the world of all my friends and all the people I know that are consultants, they all know how to sell themselves. So we've got to dig into this in a future episode to really talk about the best practices. I've learned so much. You're going to learn so much. I love this. I love being able to control my schedule and decide who to work for. And we're going to, we're going to dump tips and ideas on people. But let's let's get into the meat of like what we need to talk about today, TikTok. Let's get in the meat. Yeah, hundred percent. I want to do a full full episode just just to learn from you as well. And I made some some mistakes that I think everybody should know. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in the future. So I I have I have TikTok on my phone, uh, and I, every day I'm thinking about deleting that freaking app. Um, I think it's a fantastic product. It's incredibly addictive, um, but I have not yet created actual content on TikTok. But you have. Don't find my content, please. I, uh, <laughs> in, pre- in preparation for this episode, I spent a lot more time on TikTok than I ever wanted to. I'm not addicted yet. I, I don't need to break this addiction just yet. I still think that it's harmful and I don't want to get stuck in it. But uh, it, again, just to learn more about the platform, I created a video yesterday, a quick video on SEO. Just That's my area of expertise just to see what happened. I got 230 reviews on it, no comments, but I did learn how the platform works. One thing I learned, it's a creator's platform. And there are so many tools at your disposal, and it's hard to be a good creator. And I think that's where TikTok becomes challenging. The bar to being a TikToker is so low. You just need to like hold up your phone and make a selfie video. However, the really good videos go well beyond that. They're not shot on phones. They're not like stupid special effects like a you know mustache or a unicorn. They're real. Like there's a, these are creators, and it's just like saying, oh, nobody's gonna watch movies anymore in a in a theater because everyone with a phone could just make a movie. Like that's not even correct. Like you need actors, you need effects, you need a script, you need all that. So TikTok is just like it's a platform where there's all these videos of people saying weird things, just holding their phones up, and then there's videos that are fantastic that are shot in high definition with scripts and sped up and slowed down with great original music, not just the hottest music that you need to dance to. So my view on TikTok after my week of TikTok, it's a car crash of humanity. And yeah, it's very popular right now. I wouldn't bet on its staying power. And, and I'll, I'll explain why, but I want to hear what you think. See, here's the thing. I, I, I don't think TikTok has a future. But not because of the product and the platform. I think more so because of of regulation. I, I really think the American government needs to to ban this app. But about really quickly before we jump into into that topic, the, the the product is probably the most addictive product that there is out there. I think the algorithm is probably one of the few algorithms in the world that can truly compete with Google's algorithm. It has a lot of the young people, right? So a lot, I mean, uh, I have to go read the stats again. But young people are spending a crazy amount. Of time on TikTok more so than on most other platforms. And if you think about just the platform wars in general, right? In essence, every platform competes with, with each other, right? Netflix competes with YouTube for attention, but they also compete with, you know, sleep, as they famously said, and they certainly compete with TikTok. So TikTok has started to grab market share from all sorts of these different companies simply because they get so much attention. And I think that like attention is power, right? And, and I think the, the power that TikTok yields right now 
opens up the door to all sorts of of ways to make it a better business. You know, like once you have the attention, you can just start a bunch of business under them. They have been inv investing in e-commerce. Uh, there's this big question around search, uh, and uh, and I think they have a couple of other great ways to you know um, to to make revenue, make money, but also share that with their creators. So, do you think uh, TikTok is a is a danger for Google search? Not in the slightest. I'll tell you what. Like I tried a bunch of searches and the quality is terrible. So a bunch of reasons why I think it's not. But I'll, I'll start with what I found when I did searches. Let's say you do a search for the top places to eat in a city. You're going to find content. You're going to find engaging videos. If you're the kind of person that is led by influencers, by all means, you will find the greatest things to do. If you're the kind of person that really wants to curate your experience, TikTok does not offer that to you. You have to go through so many videos before you find something that's not on the popular list. On Google, you can absolutely find the specific thing you're looking for. I want something open these hours with this kind of menu, gluten-free, whatever it is, you can find that by, we all know we can do searches. Now, when it comes to the diversity of content, I looked for the term product-led SEO. That's my thing. There's one person that did a video on it. Thank you, Nick, whoever you are for doing a video on product-led SEO. But then I looked for product-led growth and all I found was LED light bulbs. So you don't have that content. So it's a creator problem. I think TikTok from a user standpoint, super addictive, super engaging. But you know what? There are so many shows on Netflix that are also addictive and engaging, but then something else happens and you turn off the TV and you go outside. So TikTok is super engaging, super addictive. But if there's something else happens, I think you leave. Where TikTok needs staying power and where I wouldn't bet on TikTok for the future, and we're going to talk about regulation, is creators. How do they get the creators to stick to the platform? So creators are not that sticky. Mr. Beast is on YouTube. Could Mr. Beast leave YouTube and go to another platform? Yes, of course, because it's his content. It's his studio. However, YouTube makes it worth his while to stay there. TikTok needs to make it worth their while to get the right creators and not, again, the car crash creators who are just making weird videos that everyone wants to look at. I'm saying the creators that are the, the future stars, they're not just TikTok stars, they're actual stars. They're, they're real artists. They're real interesting people. Like those people, TikTok needs to get them stuck on the platform. And I think an interesting parallel, think about Facebook or Meta, you know, five years ago, and you would say, who is going to be the competitor to Facebook? Well, no one could ever compete with Facebook. All the users in the world are on Facebook. And now look at them today. They're declining in users because users have found somewhere else to go. And that place happens to be TikTok. So TikTok needs to make the platform sticky for the people that create the content. Because without the right content, you don't get the users. I, I do agree that creators are the key for long-lasting success. But I'm not sure about the, you know, about the Mr. Beast comparison. When you look at one of the most famous famous creators on TikTok, Charlie D'Amelio, she has almost as many followers as, as Mr. Beast, right? She has, I think, 100 million something, and Mr. Beast has 112 million. So they're not far away from each other. I think the important difference where, where I'm with you is that the monetization is very different. I think Charlie got, I don't know how exactly how much, but she got some money from, from TikTok, but she also made a ton of money from just influencer deals. Whereas Mr. Beast gets a lot of money from YouTube itself. I think YouTube shares uh, about 50% of their revenue with creators. And I think that's what TikTok has to do as well in order to keep the creators and make sure they're not, you know, um, uh, making money in other ways. And that could also help 
raise and groom the next wave of creators on TikTok. See, that the interesting thing about TikTok versus YouTube is that the TikTok recommendation algorithm is so much better in my mind uh, than YouTube. And that's why it's such a stickier product most of the time. But there are niches and verticals like SEO. Like if you, if you check the results and the content for SEO on TikTok, it is bad. Let's just say, let's just say that. I think they need to enter the niche creator um uh, uh you know a uh, circle or area and they they need to do that by sharing revenue directly with their creators that that that's where i'm with you totally and and one thing to call out about charlie amelio and other tiktok influencers is there's real talent there so i think tiktok has created this environment where anyone thinks that they can become an influencer and anyone thinks that they can become famous but Charlie Emilio is in actual TV shows and she's talented. Mr. Beast is talented. And so many of the people that are on these platforms, they're truly talented. They're not just people with selfie cameras. I think that's the important thing to really call out is TikTok has created this environment where someone could go viral off a single video and they become, they think they could become an influencer. But if there's not real talent there, it doesn't have staying power. And TikTok and YouTube or wherever, whatever the platform is, you need to get those people that, again, are truly talented, truly funny great dancers, whatever it is, the kind of people that they're not just popular on TikTok, they could sell out an audience in a theater, that they could have a Netflix show or an actual feature length show on TikTok that people would pay to watch. I, I don't think the world has changed that much in what we find to be entertaining. Yes, you flip through and you watch someone dancing, you're like, oh, that's cute. But after like three videos, you're like, they have no talent. So so important to really keep that in mind that, that, that our idea of what is entertainment has actually probably not changed that much yes i i'm i'm with you there um but there are also different forms of content right there's also educational content if i could just learn more stuff on tiktok i would be i would be on there so much more even right now i maybe open the app once a week just to get a feeling for what's happening there to be fair there probably is some educational content on the platform um, that that a lot of people benefit from. I know there are lots of like recipe and cooking tips and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's still we're still far away from where SEOs will good SEOs will create content for TikTok and where I then go to TikTok and discover some new cool SEO stuff or some growth stuff, right, or some marketing stuff. So I think that's where TikTok need, needs to go. I think they need to to open up revenue sharing for for uh, you know that to happen. And to be fair, I also think that a lot of people have faulty assumptions about tiktok it's not just young kids dancing on this platform anymore there are legit uh, there's legit content i even have one one of my clients they ran advertising on tiktok and they are a uh they're a b2b company and and the product is not super techy but it is also not super you know close to a consumer product and they got some legit leads and legit pipeline from TikTok, right? So I think there is, I think it's underestimated, and that underestimation leaves a little bit of a window of opportunity for companies to be present there and create some good content. But uh, finding or, or you know sponsoring content creators uh, is still very, very uh, undervalued. Yeah, and like you said, it's really the talent. Like whether and maybe the word isn't talent, but like the experts and the authority. So if you want to go onto TikTok and you want to learn about something complex, do they have the most complex person in the person that's truly the expert? Has that person been incentivized to put that content on TikTok for free? Or do they keep it on their own website, which is where Google brings them? Like if you are the expert in finance, you likely are not making a video uh, of, of you dancing your finance. Now we're going to talk about some of our famous TikTokers in a minute, but like 
you need that authority content. So if you're going on SEO, I'm looking for SEO right now on TikTok. Yes, there is some content, but I don't know that the real experts are on there sharing their knowledge. And TikTok has to get those experts on there sharing their knowledge before this becomes the go-to platform that you go to learn knowledge. It is a platform. It certainly has grabbed the attention. But if it has staying power, I think it's about the creators and not the users. Users, yes, they're sticky and users do things for a long time. But they can be they can be taken. Look at all the users at Snapchat, and then those moved off they moved to Instagram. Look at all the users Facebook had; they moved over to over to TikTok. And look at all the users that YouTube had, and they moved over to Netflix. Users move, just not in the short amount of time. Probably not the way shareholders want. But I, if you have creators, you can keep the the content. You can keep your users sticking around for a really long time. So let's talk a little bit about about the future of TikTok. I think TikTok will be banned next year. Um, actually, the American Senate just um, waved through a, a bipartisan agreement um, with, without much pushback that says that government phones are not allowed to have TikTok. And I think that's the right call. I think the access that the, the Chinese Communist Party has to the app and to, to ByteDance in general um, is, is, you know, is way too big. And uh, the stuff that, that, that TikTok is logging I mean, you know, keystroke logging, but also all sorts of other information is nothing short of ridiculous. So I think it's a ticking ticking bomb uh, for privacy, and uh, I think the American government has to ban has to ban TikTok. I don't think they will. I don't think they can. I think that uh, maybe people are not going to like this, and you know, in the comments on this, I I don't think we have the tools in our democracy to ban private companies like TikTok. Effectively, they couldn't ban the Chinese company Huawei. What they did was they effectively banned them by saying they can't be in government buildings where government users might be. So then no private company wants to use the, the product. So it's it's banned, but it's not illegal. And I, I think that if they were to try to truly make it illegal, we have a democracy. We have a, a you know system of justice that ByteDance will hire lawyers and lobbyists and they will have to get that through the Constitution and say, why should they be illegal? How can a private company be banned? My prediction is that the government's going to make it very uncomfortable for the platforms, which are Apple and, and Google, to host the TikTok app and provide TikTok updates to people that have the TikTok app on their phones, that they will drop it because apps like that have been dropped from the app stores. And then it's effectively banned. And then in order to get TikTok on your phone, you have to sideload it and no one's going to do that, right? So that's done. I just think that if they go this regulation route, it will be challenged. Trump tried really hard and he wasn't successful. I just don't know that we have tools in our, our system of laws to ban things. Like FTX could have been banned. Crypto, crypto could have been illegal. And like they don't have the tools to make things like that illegal if the people want it. To make it, to really stop something, you just tell Google and Apple to do it. And there's no pathway for them to be successful. And you have a really good point there about the, the app stores, right? They are really the gateway to, to almost every company out there, right? Like even, even a Spotify maybe rightfully so, constantly um, being loud about about Apple's tax of 30% and how unfair it is, right? Several companies uh, uh, not only complained, but also sued Apple for this because they understand the power that the App Store has. So I think, I think there is something really true that you say. And if they would ban TikTok, that would probably be the easiest solution. However, at the same time, Apple is, uh, is very, very deeply embedded in China production-wise, politically there's probably there would be some backdoor conversations that would probably um 
avoid a uh, you know apple kicking tiktok off the app but another counter argument would be that the us government already imposes sanctions on lots of companies uh and and especially chinese companies uh semiconductor um uh, manufacturers and, and creators and so i don't think it's completely unrealistic that the us government would put a sanction on ByteDance and either force the company to sell tiktok right like let, let's keep in mind tiktok is the american or the western equivalent of dujin uh which is the the chinese tiktok which by the way looks very very different from from uh, uh our tiktok I, I i've never been able to try dujin out myself i, I don't understand or speak chinese but uh, i also have some some really good friends in the um in the uh, infosec space and and you know hacker space and they all say that tiktok is uh you know is a, is a is basically a chinese spy tool so i think i think it's not unrealistic for uh, to, to force ByteDance to sell tiktok i i also agree that they would probably push back and resist but i think something has to happen here uh, american companies are severely limited in china uh and and i think we're at a, at a crossroads politically um, where we, we have to like rethink our relationship with China and, and level the playing field. Um, let's talk for a moment about how we or how marketers should think about TikTok and how they should leverage and, and, and use TikTok. Uh, what do you think, Eli? Should everybody jump on TikTok or, uh, or should, should people stay cautious because it might not have a future? So this is the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, and we have to disagree on something. I think TikTok could be possibly ignored for now. I think that given the uh, potential of TikTok being deleted from app stores or deleted from laws, whoever it's going to be off of phones, it will go away. So I wouldn't invest too much time into TikTok as a platform itself. Like I wouldn't invest too much time for, into creating videos for TikTok, creating an account for TikTok. That being said, TikTok has taught us that there is a there there, that users do like this kinds of thing, that users like short form video. So create short form video and think about how to engage users. Now, the thing is, is and I was just talking to a client company about this recently. When you think about creating short form video, don't do it to build social engagement, do it to build a conversion funnel. So use your product to showcase your product and don't just like build a following of people that want to see your employees dancing or your employees say funny things or your employee culture, unless like hiring is your challenge. Use TikTok to again, build your brand and get people to buy your core products. So not again, not TikTok, but like that short, short form video. So as a platform, I think it's okay for companies not to really invest in it just yet by all means advertise because if it goes away, so you just stop advertising, but I wouldn't invest so much in building up that account just yet. I take the other side here. Um, I think, you know, especially when I look at the results for SEO right now, I think there is an opportunity to create some cool content on TikTok for lots of niche fields um, and to kind of get that window of opportunity, right? I think if, if TikTok should really sustain, and I would hedge my bets here, uh, I think you should you want to be one of the first movers on that app for your specific field, whatever that is within marketing or even if it's outside of marketing. Uh, and here's how I would do it. I would use TikTok as a repurposing channel. And I see a lot of uh, popular, famous podcasts using TikTok as a, as a repurposing channel successfully by basically uploading clips similar to YouTube shorts with a very poignant um you know uh, parts of the podcast and that seems to work really really well i know some some people with large uh, podcasts who tell me that that is one of their, their one of the biggest drivers of new subscribers and new audiences 
Um, and I think especially if you want to attract or, or talk to younger audiences, that might, might be even a bigger reason to do that. So I think right now I would hedge my bets. Again, I think that TikTok is not, you know, I think they're, they're going to encounter massive challenges probably by government regulation and would hedge my bets by re, by using TikTok as a repurposing channel. And uh, if there is a point at which it becomes clear that TikTok is going to be here to stay, then I would spend a lot more time to create more native content on TikTok. All right. So it sounds like we're in agreement that TikTok might not be here to stay. Uh, and, and we're also in agreement that this is a future. The one thing I push back on is that I don't think this is early days, like early days for SEO, because this is so short form. If you don't, if you get around to creating content next week or next year, I think you still have the same advantage as the person that was doing it in the past, unless you built a following. So with that, let's let's close off with like our favorite people that we've we know on TikTok because following is something different. And again, I, I wouldn't invest in building a following because if the platform disappears, like shout out to all those people that built their followings on Clubhouse and I hope you found your home. But uh, it's really important to build a following somewhere else that you own. You know, for you, you, you created your growth memo. Um, I have not done as much there off of, off of LinkedIn and Twitter and, and other social media, but it's so important to really build a following that is portable for you and not just on a single platform. So my, my, the person I really think is awesome on TikTok is Miss Excel. Like she creates really cool videos. It doesn't work so well for me because I'm sort of a, a reading learner. Like I like to read something and try it. So I'll watch a video. I have to watch it like 60 times before I get how to actually do it myself. But like, I think it's so cool how she takes like a boring topic and makes it interesting and teaches. And, you know, Miss Excel will do just fine if TikTok disappeared. She can bring that content to Instagram. She can bring that content to her own website with Vimeo. And it's her following. It's not TikTok's following. But there are so many people that create content on that platform. And if TikTok goes away, they're starting from scratch. Miss Excel is great. Uh, I really love how she built her business and then the whole approach uh, to, to her content is just so actionable. It's a tool that so many people use and the, the course model is a great fit to the content. I want to I wanna, um, uh, um, uh, name someone who does not have an actual business model behind it, but still has amazing content. Uh, her name is Dr. Inna. Uh, her full name is Inna Konevsky. And she is a professor of psychology. And the, the, the content that she creates on TikTok is she basically um, films herself reacting to psychology content from other people, usually younger people, and basically debunks them. And it's just hilarious where you see, you know, you see like these young people saying, oh, yeah, if, you know, uh, if this happens, then then do that. Right. And she's like, no, 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 no. This is like, you creating, you know, the science actually says, bah, 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 bah. you know, you're just, uh, you know, enabling people to be stalkers. And, and she just debunks these like young armchair psychologists in the most hilarious way. Uh, so if you're if you are on TikTok, uh, check out Dr. Inna. Let me know if you if you agree here, if you like her or not uh, in the comments. So let's uh, what do you think? TikTok's getting banned and, you know, put your your exact date. What date does it get banned? Tough. Um, I think TikTok is going to get banned. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to give a time where um, an, an, a, a limit, a time limit. I'm going to say TikTok is going to be banned by November of next year. What do you think? TikTok's never getting banned. So because it's never getting banned, I actually think it gets shadow banned. <laughs> Let's go with that word earlier because uh, you need less regulation to make that happen. So I think by the summer of next year, 
TikTok will no longer be as available on the platforms. Like maybe Apple squashes it a little bit. Maybe they don't allow them to provide updates. Maybe they, I don't know, take away some of their, their ability to track. Google will completely squash it. I think that happens. I think Google's probably more incentivized to squash it themselves because they have YouTube Shorts and they have Google Search. Um, and if the government gives them a pass on antitrust, they'll go for it. So I think by summer of next year, we will see a constrained shadow banned TikTok. But let's let's see who ends up being right. <laughs> we'll come back at it next year. Uh, and we'll wrap it up here. Eli, thank you so much. Uh, and everybody listening as well. I hope you have or had happy holidays. Uh, and we'll see you at the next one. Yep. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And can really appreciate everyone listening. And now it's your turn. Head over to contrarianmarketingpodcast.com and subscribe to the free weekly newsletter to get a summary of today's episode, key takeaways, and community content. And while you're there, go to today's episode and leave your opinion in the comments. We'll feature the best thoughts in the newsletter and on the podcast. Also, if you like today's episode, please feel free to leave five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and here next week.